to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. It's a block party here on the block. I'm Jake Bachman. He is Eric Strickland, and we're with you every weekday here and here on a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you out there. We're talking some more college football as we just went over an article that has Nebraska's worst case scenario at six and six, best case scenario at nine and three. I want to get into Iowa's athletic director, Gary Barta. Uh, thinks the NCAA should change their transfer rule amid all these NIL concerns. So we'll get to that in a second. Real quickly, I, I thought you might be interested in some of the other best and worst case scenarios around the league according to this 24-7 sports article. So maybe we'll kind of have uh, you re- respond to these. The biggest gap I see is Illinois. Their best case scenario is 7-5 and five, and worst case scenario 2-10. So maybe it depends on uh, how much you uh, buy into Brett Bielema and some of the uh, the games that he got going there. I expect Brett Bielema uh, to keep that thing rocking in there. Um, but for Northwestern, especially Nebraska's first opponent, that one's uh, pretty interesting. Um, the, the Northwestern has a pretty easy non-con outside of Nebraska. Obviously, it's not in the non-con, but that's the first game, so maybe they can get going. But they have the best-case scenario at 7-5, and five, uh, and uh, Pat Fitzgerald turning it around once again. We've seen that in the past from Northwestern, so I think that's kind of interesting, too. Um, kind of interesting as far as a best-case scenario. I, I think Minnesota, if he does too. that, Bach, I think if he does that, I think if Pat Fitzgerald pulls off a seven and five in the Big Ten, he's got to be in the in the running for coach of the year. Yeah. <laughs> just just based on what he's got. I mean it's a big turnaround there. Know, man, and then the matchups that he has there, that would be a huge turnaround for him. The matchups there with Nebraska and then Penn State, Wisconsin, the juggernaut that he has to go through, but he has three of those at home, other than you know, the the long trip game against Nebraska. I I think that would that would bowl very well for him if he could pull off split in those type of games, winning maybe three out of uh, maybe three out of those five or you know even two out of those five would be phenomenal. So yeah, man, um, yeah, that's the way I would view it. Pat zero <laughs> would be in my book for coach of the year. That way, he could turn that program around. Northwestern, all the restrictions. Yeah, they're they're just kind of fascinating altogether. And I was thinking about this the other day. Is you know, there's a there's an idea in the future that the Big Ten or SEC and all the conferences, whatever, break off, create their own little semi-pro league, and that's the the future of the NCAA. In that scenario, you kind of think, well, the Big Ten and the SEC teams, they just you know move move them right ahead. Nobody gets any questions. They're automatically in because of the brotherhood that they set up. But you know, there are some schools within there, like Northwestern. That maybe that doesn't make the most sense in the world. It's just not you know that big of a football following there. They claim themselves as Chicago's Big Ten team. Um, they've got a lot of uh, good sports writers and, and, and a great great college of journalism for sports. Uh, don't get me wrong there. I mean they and, and you know they've got their own things going uh, for Northwestern, prestigious university to get into. But as far as football upside. Like they've got an amazing coach there, and yet even he has 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 trouble like sustaining any success there. As as good as uh, coach as Pat Fitzgerald is, and he's been Big Ten Coach of the Year, he's been like National Coach of the Year, and he's been there since 2006 now. And he's, you know, he's had trouble putting back-to-back years together. As far as back-to-back-to-back, I suppose, he's had a few years where he's won, you know, 9-8 and eight and 10-9 and nine the next year. Um, but it's just, it, you know, the, their down years are rough. Well, he has a trifecta of just, <laughs> of just problems he has to deal with, right? You've got NIL problems. Now, they've got, they've got that governmental 
type of reach. You know, a lot of CIAs and CIA directors and all these types of people. Uh, so they got they got some money potential in there for NIL opportunities and, and you know, big, uh, you know, big time CEOs and stuff like that that come out of there in, in Northwestern. But they have they have not only the restrictions on education, because it's not a it's one of those tough programs to just get into as mm-hmm. far as uh, having to meet requirements for uh, for your education as well. It's tough. And then just the talent level, you know, your, your competition. And so you've got transfer portal NIL, you've got uh, your, your educational restrictions and, you know, just your location and and what you, you have to do to try to draw kids out there uh, to Northwestern is tough for, for football program. They just always, yeah. I mean, I just, their stadium sticks out like a store thumb as opposed to other big 10 stadiums. It's just, it doesn't, have, oh, yeah. doesn't have the following. So it's never going to be able to throw the punches. I mean, you just imagine, and they've had a few coaches like that, to be honest with you, like, you know, in, in the past, you, you think about the team that Fitzgerald played for that went to the Rose bowl in the mid nineties there. Um, you know, th- it's just hard to sustain success for a few coaches there, even Pat Fitzgerald. So we'll kind of see how that turns out. But I, I thought that was kind of interesting uh, too, that there's uh, there is somebody out there that believes that they can get it turned around. Uh, I thought it was too interesting in this article. Minnesota eleven and one, the best case scenario, worst case scenario seven and five. I think that's a game that Nebraska fans like to overlook or or, or, or still maybe want to be able to look down at Minnesota, but that's pretty difficult to do these days. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, with the culture versus skill talk and the sloganeering battle that you've kind of had between Fleck and uh, Frost, you know you got Fleck's attention, and he seems to have Frost's number as far as the coaching battle and mismatch, I would even call it at this point um, so far. So that's definitely an interesting game, too. Uh, we'll quickly run through the best case and worst case for these other teams. Purdue's at nine wins is best case, worst case six. Uh, Maryland, best case seven, worst case four. Rutgers, best case seven, worst case three. Indiana's very interesting. Best case five <laughs> and worst case <laughs> one. Uh, so the, in the at least according to this writer, they're not going to make it to a bowl game. Uh, Iowa, it's in, unpredictable. The best case 10, worst case five. Um, and you know, if they do win a bunch of games, it's going to be they're going to be down in the third quarter and somehow turn around at the last second like they did. You last just year. don't know. You just don't know what Kurt Ferentz what yeah. what they're going to be able to do. And then they just have a quarterback issue, man. Uh, they have a quarterback issue. Oh yeah. Uh, they don't have great wide receiver skill position depth, and their offensive scheme is just so basic. I mean, their route combinations. I mean. As a DB, I would have loved to play against Iowa because their their route combinations are so simplified. And I, yeah, I would yeah. have loved that. But that's I, you just don't know. I mean, they've normally been able to rely on running game, great uh, play action type of team, very pro uh, pro style offense, and uh, they've got to figure out something that they could do. I just don't know if Kirk Ferentz could, you know get it done for me. Yeah. You know, I think in totality. Yeah. I, I, I will never, uh, never doubt him anymore. He's been there a long time and get things turned around there. Uh, Wisconsin, it feels like every year is best case 11, worst case set seven wins. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And there's usually not too big of a difference between those teams. It's just, you know, getting the, getting the wins in the end or not. Uh, Michigan state, they have 10 best case, worst case seven. I could see a drop. That's an odd one. I yeah. See that's an odd one. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, that's the one that, that I think can go, uh, Worst case flop as well the other yeah. way. So yeah, that that's a that's kind of an odd one for me. You've heard it as far as three 
four wins as well. Yeah. Down. And uh, Penn State, another interesting one. Ten, best case, worst case, seven. Remember, they were a top ten team last year and fell off considerably. Um, now they lose Brent Pry, their, their defensive coordinator, so maybe a little bit of a change at the guard there. We'll see. Michigan, best case, 11, worst case, nine. So a lot of respect there. And then uh, same thing with Wisconsin, kind of Ohio State program of stability, um, except for that step higher, right? Best case, 12, worst case, nine. That sounds about right uh, for Ohio State. Uh, let's quickly get into the the article again by uh, our, our excuse me the uh, the Gary Barda thoughts there the Iowa athletic director uh, who thinks the NCAA should change their transfer rule amid the NIL um, concerns basically wants to slow down college roster movement um, because uh, because NIL is not being used correctly within that roster movement anyway right basically take away the free agency aspect that we've seen. That's hurt both helped and hurt Nebraska, even in, in the defensive line room, right? It's pretty easy to, you know, point to, to uh, Casey Rogers not having to sit out a year, going right to Oregon. O'Shawn Mathis for Nebraska, the opposite way, gets a jump right in. And I think NIL might have had a little bit to help bring him into Lincoln. So uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, a lot of athletic directors are kind of working together to, to get this thing fixed. Do you think that that's a way? I mean, it is. it kind of hurts the players. And this, is, this has been a whole player movement that we've seen in college football over the last several years. And thank God, because, uh, you know, I, 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 at least in my opinion, it is in due time. But maybe it's... It's it's not great to give everything at once because right now there's just so much uh, it, it, there's so much roster movement. You don't want to like kind of lose your identity of the teams and, and why you like college football to begin with. Um, this nil thing in 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 Barta's opinion, um, this would you know if you make a, a player sit out a, a year again before playing again would kind of stop the free agency part of it. Not necessarily help the recruiting portion of, you know, getting freshmen out of the gate, but um, basically the tampering that we've seen, that sort of problem. That's, that's the biggest problem people are having um, with modern day college football. And, and he sees that as a, as maybe a way to stop it. But then again, that restricts player mobility, which was something we were kind of hoping to get, uh, you know, for the players to begin with, but maybe you can't have player mobility and um, NIL opportunities at the same time till we kind of, you know, kind of cash it out a little bit. I don't I the way that I view it, I don't see anything wrong with what he's saying. I, I think as I read into kind of what I think he's trying to say, I, I think it mitigates um and it takes care of some of the early stuff. So uh some of the 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 monies that are being coming out so quick, but then if you eliminate the like freshmen or um redshirt freshmen from bolting so quickly like you've got to be on campus for you know if you redshirt two years if you're a single one one year you know and then the next year you can you can jump in there if you want to but i think that part of it if you limit that part and you then minimize the entry level nil money and allow it to be the established NIL money, I think you can work along those, those parameters and make it work. Um, but if you're, if you're able to do it from a, an early standpoint, early recruitment, you know, they're talking about NIL money for guys that are 2024 20, going up in the five and $8 million range for some quarterbacks. That's crazy. But I think if you get them on campus, they, they come, they make the decision their decisions got to be that decision for at least a year and then they can go out there because then when they go out there, if they haven't played, they haven't produced, they haven't did anything, then their NIL transfer money is not going to be crazy. 
right? Who's going to give somebody a crazy NIL deal and they haven't did anything to perform, right? So that's going to, I think, set the, you know, set the scales on how guys in their transfers uh, will be able to assimilate themselves. Like, so example, you know, uh, O'Shawn Mathis, he performed. He did, he did the work, he did the job. So him, after spending time on campus playing, he set a, a scale from where he could probably command some NIL transfer opportunities for him, right? Yeah. Or some guys, you know, just say, just say like some St. Peter's guys that blew up or you have a, a guy at Marquette like a Dwayne Wade and he goes nuts for you and all of a sudden, or Jimmy Butler – and then now all of a sudden he finds himself in his junior year and North Carolina's calling with some opportunity. Hey, that might be a good look for me or maybe Creighton or, you know what I'm saying? Or wherever, you know, that's when I think it makes sense. I think other than that, it's, you know, before that point trouble, they got to, they got to, it's just kind of interesting. Maybe it comes down to your own morals or your own kind of thought about what it's going to be. So it's going to be hard to kind of reshape this thing. Cause you know, a lot of people have a problem with the Jordan Addison uh, situation and uh, but that's kind of kind of going along with what you're saying. He's he's playing at, at Pittsburgh. Maybe he should be able to benefit it much like Kenny Pickett obviously took advantage of it and they didn't have a choice. But, he, you know, a first round draft pick. Mark Whipple takes advantage of it, you know, financially benefits going to take yeah. the Nebraska job. Why can't Jordan yeah. Addison financially benefit from their big blow up year? Let, let, real quick before we go to break, because here's here's what I'm saying. Right. Cluster Johnson was my quarterback at, at, at Bellevue West. He leaves. I'm looking around like who's going to throw the ball to me. I've got to probably yeah. play running back, fullback, receiver, linebacker. Say I, I'm like, no, that's not for me. I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm a, so that I, I can see that if I'm if I'm Jordan Addison, I'm saying, oh, I just I just, you know, got busy this year. Who's going to throw me to rock? I, I've watched him. I don't feel comfortable with that. Let me find another opportunity. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong with that. I produced. I should be able to command the opportunity to go, and I should be able to play that next year. It's not, now, if it's your second time bouncing, Bob, like say you bounce somewhere and you showed up and then you perform and then you try to bounce again, no, sir, stay, you got to stay, man. Yeah. That's the one I say you got to stay. You got you know, the next year maybe, but not – not that, not two times you get to bounce like that. No. Yeah, and, and, and Gary Barta at least it wants to to take away the, your one time transfer uh, rule. Obviously, for, I think everybody's on board with uh, graduate transfers at any time. You graduate, go ahead. But um, it's it's kind of interesting uh, to see where it's going to land. Uh, but uh, we also are interested to see who's going to win shootout with strength today. It could be you. Give us a call, 402-464-5685. If you do win, $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. Richer you will be. Uh, but strength is uh, is one of few games in a row. I think today is 2007 trivia. So go ahead and give us a call, 402-464-5685. Shootout with Strick is next here on The Block.